0: Hello and welcome to Brain Fart. This is Maddie and I am your host for this lovely, lovely podcast. Hi guys, welcome back. I'm sure if this is your first episode, you're thinking, welcome back, what? But if you listen, then you will know that I missed last week, missed my episode output last week because of a little... a little little bit of a sicky situation. I, I think I've only done that a couple times and I don't really like doing it, but that last week I needed to. It was, if any week called for it, it was last week. So I think I'm going to catch you up a little bit on today's episode and do kind of a fun little comparison thing that I have thought of. I am going to ease back into the podcast because it's been quite the past week and a half, and I'm sure you'll find out all about that right now. If you follow me on Instagram, (laughs) Instagram plug, you will know that I had a little bit of a sick, a a sick, a sickness. (laughs) I just, I got sick. I don't know why I'm phrasing it so strangely, but I was sick last the last week and a half. And I was in the hospital for some time. And if you don't know, I am studying in London to have to have to receive a master's degree in classical acting. So I'm currently studying to get that. And I obviously am new to London, I think I've been here two months now, about two months. And I think I have a about three weeks left until I go home for Christmas for a couple weeks and then I come back obviously and then I think I'm here until the next October. The last time I go home is Christmas I believe. Okay that's that was just me thinking through my own (laughs) schedule in my head. Hopefully that was interesting for you to think about. Um, So let's just get started. About... Two weeks ago, I was starting to feel a little sick, and sickness was just flying through the school. It's a pretty not small school, but it's it's only arts, and so there's not a ton of people there, and it's pretty close quarters. It's not a huge campus. It's in this kind of in the city, so it's on a like big busy street and. I don't know, it's not very spread out. So you're all pretty much together. And it's a very, I mean, it's acting. So you're doing a lot more in depth work with body and talking to people and touching people and uh, all with consent, of course, but just it's a lot more physical and physical with other people and being around other people and doing that with them. So sickness really spreads. And I had been doing pretty well, I wasn't catching anything. I wasn't getting this. So I kind of got the sore throat when I first got here. I think I mentioned that on a couple episodes back, but then that kind of passed and I never really got it again and I was feeling great. And then I started to feel kind of nauseous and kind of dizzy every time I did something. I didn't really want to eat because nothing sounded good. I never v- vomited and I don't think it was ever stomach flu, but it was o- always on that cusp. You know when you just feel so nauseous that you know it would just be better if you got whatever it was out of your system, but you can't you just sit in that like state of brewing. And it's uh, I just really dislike it. And so that's kind of the state I was in. And I was just feeling really exhausted and really tired. And that I mean, that makes sense to me. We work really hard. We work anywhere from eight to 12 hours a day every day except the weekends some weekends we mostly get off and there's some days we have half days but for the most part we're pretty pretty intense and on the breaks we have you have to be doing work for school, which is fine because it's a year program like I'll get my master's in a year it's supposed to be intense and I I know what I signed up for so <laughs> I that's to be expected so I think, it was a little bit of that, but I started to notice and recognize in my body when the tiredness was no longer, oh, I'm tired from school, but oh, I'm really exhausted to my core and my bones. And I think that's really important to learn in yourself and in your body and really learn and read what your body is telling you. It's it's difficult. It's not an easy task, but I think it's When you start to understand your body a little more, you can understand those discrepancies and you can really see, okay, this is something to take note of, whether you have chronic illness or whether it's just you in life, it's really good to notice, oh, hey, yeah, I know I'm tired and sore most of my life, but this is a different kind of tired and sore for me. And so that's what I was feeling. And I was just kind of going through school, I would do pr- all right in the morning, and then I would have to go home and miss a couple classes until it came to the point where I was just missing a couple days worth of classes. Because I couldn't, I, I couldn't go, I, I couldn't work up the energy, I was feeling very sick, I just wasn't feeling great. Until one night, I think it was a Thursday night, a couple a week two weeks ago, something a week and a half ago, I had taken a shower and I was feeling not so great, a little dizzy. And I guess I, of course, this happens where I don't really remember things. And so I hear it from other people. So from what I know, my roommates, I think I might have like fainted and may possibly hit my head. And then i had gone out to see my roommates and tell them and then i guess i don't know the next thing i knew i was in the hospital so what they had concluded was i had an unwitnessed fall and then i was having some issues because of that i'm not sure so i was i went to the hospital And I was there and they started taking tests. They did a CAT scan just to check to make sure I had no internal bleeding or anything crazy going on with that. They took some blood and I didn't have anything going on with my, like no internal bleeds or anything, which was awesome, great, loved that. But they were really starting to worry because all of my symptoms, I started to have a stiff neck, all of my symptoms started to point towards meningitis. And that, if you have bacterial meningitis, that is, that's pretty scary because it progresses really quickly and can be fatal and can lead to amputation of body part. It's very, very serious. And so they started to take it very seriously and they ended up keeping me overnight for observation. And then I was talking to one of the doctors, it was probably 4.30am, I had been there since I think 1030 Uh, My roommate had gone with me, and then he ended up going home because they were keeping me, which was great. Thanks, Diego. That was awesome of you. Um, No, it it truly was. I was very lucky to have my flatmates at the time be so on top of things and so willing to help me. They're great friends. So thanks to them. But... I was there alone at the point at that point, and the um, the doctor, the night round doctor, came in, and she was talking to me, and she was nervous about the meningitis. So we decided to do a spinal tap. So at about five a.m., she came in and performed a spinal tap, which was, oh yeah, it's I mean it's never fun it's never enjoyable, but you do it. And you have to figure out what's wrong with you. And I've had it done before for my pseudo or for my idiopathic intracranial hypertension. And so yes, so I had that done. And then they ended up concluding. It's a little confusing, because they, I heard two different things from two different doctors. So the night doctor, I heard that it was she thought with the test coming back it was like right on the cusp of like a mild viral meningitis so not bacterial so it wasn't what they it wasn't the really serious thing the so viral is a little less serious than the bacterial and so they thought it was it was kind of on the cusp of being bad or they kind of just chalked it up to being a severe migraine which i don't know i've never I, I mean, I've had a lot of headaches and a lot of migraines and a lot of things go on with my head, and I've never experienced anything like this. So unless I'm like developing a new something, I, I was a little unconvinced on that front. But I don't think anyone quite knew I I always live on the cusp of diagnoses. <laughs> I'm always right at the, the line as to whether I have it or not. Um, and so they ended up giving me antibiotics regardless because I needed it for... Um, after the spinal tap, just to make sure no infection gets in, and just in case it was like a bacterial meningitis, which it wasn't. But so I ended up doing that, and they ended up giving me pain medication, and I was sent home from the hospital the next day. I ended up staying in the hospital a little longer that day though, because there was a little issue with my spinal tap. So after or lumbar puncture, I know both names. So after the lumbar puncture, you're supposed to lay flat on your back, after the procedure I don't know does everyone know what a spinal tap or a lumbar puncture is okay if you're a little squeamish just prepare this is this is like a health podcast so maybe I don't know I'm always pretty open but I if you're a little squeamish about needles I would maybe skip forward 30 seconds 45 seconds we'll see and so I so what it is is they take a big long needle if you've ever had an epidural it's similar And they take this long needle. Well, first they do general anesthesia. Um, No, not local, local anesthesia. It's just localized to the area, not general. General is when you go fully under, right? Yes, I think so. Okay, local. So I didn't go under. I was awake and aware. And I was curled in a little ball. And she prodded on my back a little bit to figure out which, between which <laughs> vertebrae she would go into. And so she found the spot. I don't know what they do. I don't know what they feel, but it was kind of impressive. And so she found the spot and then she just took the needle after the anesthet- anesthesia had kicked in and she put the needle in my spine, basically <laughs> put it in my spinal column. And then you it's like t- it's like tapping uh, maybe a tree for maple syrup or, I don't know, tapping a keg, <laughs> but basically tapping into my spinal column to get the spinal fluid to come out. And then with the spinal fluid, they test whether with for the meningitis or... And she also checked my opening pressure, which was great for my idiopathic intracranial hypertension. And luckily for me, my... Pressure was great. It was good. So that means that I'm still kind of in that remission for my pseudotumor, and I'm still kind of on the right path with that. So that was really nice. That was a good reason to get it. If you're, if you skipped a for, if you skipped forward, hi, welcome back. You're, you're all good. We're done. <laughs> We're done talking about that. And so, but basically, after you have that lit, mild procedure, you have to lay flat so your cerebral spinal fluid can regulate again because you're draining it and so you want it to regulate again and so laying flat is the best possible way to do that and you like really flat not like propped up in any way like completely flat but the problem was a nurse came in um, about an hour or so later and she propped my bed up so I could take some pain medicine and this is the middle of the night and like remember that I have not slept and she forgot to put me back down after I took the medication and so that can cause problems where you, I don't know what they call it. I don't know why I started calling it this, but you get this like spinal tap flu, where you get really horrible headaches. Basically all of the symptoms I had had from the like slight meningitis or whatever it was before, I had also from the spinal tap. So you get really horrible headaches and nausea and fatigue and really sore body. And so I was getting all of that on top of already having those symptoms. And so that's why I stayed in the hospital a little bit longer, because we wanted to regulate that a little bit before I went home. And then I that can last two weeks. So I'm still kind of in that world, I feel worlds better, but I'm still kind of not back to my normal self. And I think it's because of those little issues with the spinal tap. Obviously, I'm not bitter or mad, because sometimes miscommunication happens. And I it's, I don't know, it's, it's whatever it is. It's, it wasn't ideal, but it wasn't obviously something that killed me. So let's look at the bright side there. So that's basically what was happening this week. And so then I was finally able to slowly come back to class. I would make it a certain amount of hours a day. So I'd make it like, oh, three hours this day. And then I'd make it through six hours. And then I made it through nine hours. And then now I think I'll finally be able to make it through all of my classes next week. So that's so that's the whole saga. You know, when it's me, I just go hard. I just really love the dramatics of it all. <laughs> no, but in reality, I think sometimes my body is not at its best to combat those sort of viral infections. And since I already have had issues with my cerebral spinal fluid in the bat in the past, maybe That caused something, or maybe it really was on the cusp, and it wasn't quite viral meningitis, and it was just this weird freak headache viral thing. Who knows? Nobody really knows. On my discharge papers, there's there's a little bit of confusion. (laughs) So as of now, I'm doing better, and I'm grateful for that. Obviously, if anything goes down the toilet, then I will go back. But as of now, it's just been an upward trend. So let's let's continue with that. Wow, that was a lengthy explanation. I'm sorry if you just had no care to hear that. But guess what? It's my podcast. So you did. Um, What I really kind of wanted to talk about this episode was comparing uh, hospitals in London versus hospitals in the States. And obviously, I'm no expert on hospitals in general. And I can really this is going to be really generalized because I've only been to a select few hospitals in a select few states in the States. And I've only been in this one hospital in London. So it's not like this is a full report of differences and similarities for hospitals. This is just purely my own opinion on what I have experienced in these select hospitals. So keep that in mind. (laughs) I'm sure there are plenty of great hospitals and plenty of bad hospitals in all places. But this is just what I experienced. For the most part, I feel like the emergency room situation was really similar. They, it seems that they take about the same amount of time. Maybe in London, they have, they were a little bit more thorough. It took, I have to say, it took them a little bit longer to see me or acknowledge me in London. But when they did, they were a little bit more thorough in their testing, I guess. Is that what I want to say? But so for, for the time-wise, it seemed similar. And I don't know if that was just because I was going on a busy day in London, which I think I was. I think I had heard the hospital staff say they were pretty busy that night, which is fine, people needed help and needed to be seen. And so that doesn't, the waiting doesn't bother me too much, because I know people are working. And I know people are trying. And I can't think, oh, well, put me first always. Also, I was really out of it and don't remember a lot of it. So maybe that made it better. (laughs) Because I just don't remember sitting there and waiting. (laughs) And so that that was something I experienced. Um, another thing I experienced is in the US, I'm sure it's different. I I have had private rooms in the US that have only been for me and I have shared rooms with one other person. But that's about it. I've never been in a room with more than one person in the States in a hospital. I, I'm sure other hospitals do it differently. But this hospital in London, I was in a room with three other women. So it was kind of like we were in one little bay and then we had a nurse who was there constantly who stayed in that bay with us for the entire time so in the states I would have a nurse who I could ask to come in but she was never fully in my room always which makes sense but it, that was just something that I noticed that was a little bit different. And th- I mean, that wasn't a problem. I wasn't like, oh, I have to stay with these women, da, da, da. There were curtains that you could pull around to have more privacy when the doctors came. And if you wanted that at night, they also provide you with, I think, ear f- earplugs and an eye mask, which I didn't find until later. So that was kind of silly. But I also came in the like dead middle of the night, early morning. So that could also have something to do with it. So that's what I experienced room-wise. What else? The food? Mm, yeah, we know. The food. Hospital food? Never great. I do have to say, though, the hospital in New Jersey, the food I had there was pretty spectacular. Here, it was pretty, like, average. Oh, this is hospital food. Okay. I did, And I still wasn't eating a lot, so it didn't really matter. But that's kind of what I noticed there. Um, they, I don't know if this was a learning hospital that I was at in London or if... Um, or if they just have really big teams. I think it might have been not a learning hospital, but you know, when I think like more residents instead of, I don't know, I'm not a doctor. If you're a doctor, you probably know what this is. Um, but so basically, what had happened was when the doctor in the morning came to talk to me, there were about seven other people with him. <laughs> so it was a bunch of other people and doctors chiming in and listening into what I had. And that, that was interesting. Um, It kind of, I felt like it was easier to talk to the one doctor in the middle of the night than it was when there were a bunch of people around. I felt very, a little overwhelmed, I think, especially with like the brain stuff that was going on and the confusion I was having, it was a little bit overwhelming for me. Obviously, like, I want them to learn. I wasn't going to say, hey, I just want to talk to one of you. That's not a big deal. Just personally, for me, that's something I kind of noted and jotted in my head. So there's that difference. And then I think the ultimate difference is payment. (laughs) (laughs) Obviously, payment in healthcare is different in the UK than it is in the States. In the States, I have insurance. And in the UK, I have insurance. In the UK, I am a part of their... um, a part of the NHS when I got my uh, visa. And so I am a part of their healthcare system. But I remember the first time I went, how strange it was that nobody was asking about my insurance. Nobody was asking even for an ID. To be honest, they just asked my name, asked for my address. And then apparently I popped up in the NHS system or something because nobody asked me for a passport, for a photo ID, nothing. They were like, okay, yeah, great. That's you and then didn't question me about payment. So in the, hos- in the hospital in hospitals in the US, there's usually someone who comes around, whether you're when you're being treated, or after you're being treated, and they come around, and they ask for all your insurance, all of your information, everything from you during that. And I was kind of waiting for that to happen here. But it just didn't, to the point where they were like, okay, you can go, they had discharged me giving me all my stuff. And I asked, I said, I can just go. I don't need to see anyone or to, like check out or do anything. And they're like, "No, you're free to go. You can leave." Bye. <laughs> and I think it just made me laugh because I realized, "Oh, okay. I'm sure I'll be getting a letter in the mail soon describing that." And I did I had asked one of the doctors and she was like, "Oh, no, we don't deal with that at all." So they they were not a part of that in any way. It truly is separate and so I think I will separately get billed I don't know I I'll let you I'll keep you updated on what that bill is when it comes in but I have a feeling it's going to be a lot less than what I pay in the states so I am waiting for that but it was interesting not being questioned or not feeling like I was tethered to the hospital and it was almost like I was um, just leaving class in the middle of the day. I was like, am I going to get caught? Is someone get, am I going to get in trouble leaving? And they were like, No, just go. <laughs> just leave, please. And so I did. My friend came and walked me home. And then I, I was home and it was great. So that, those are kind of that was a kind of quick little compare and contrast with London hospitals and US hospitals. Overall, I think my care was pretty pretty solid. The spinal tap thing was a little bit of a, eh, really? Really? Had to do that? But okay, you had to do me like that? But in the end, I'm okay. I'm okay now. It's kind of a funny story, I guess. Am I I far away enough from it to call it a funny story? I laugh about it with Diego, my roommate who's there with me, because there were some silly things that happened. They had called him my husband, and we laughed really hard about that. And so (laughs) there were just like little things that made it silly. And I don't know, made my bond strong, stronger with them, I guess, in a really not pleasant way, but in a way. And yeah, so I guess the only thing I would say to myself is that it it would have been okay to take time and to take time coming back to school because that was my main thing. I was really, really frustrated with myself for continuously missing classes and for and just for missing my education. And I was really mad. And I wanted to be there. And I kept pushing myself to the point where I think I might have just healed quicker if I stayed home for a couple of days, instead of dragging it out over a week and going to some classes and then not going to some and going to a couple more and then trying. And I think I just let my frustration and desperation get to me instead of allowing myself to heal because I ended up talking to one of my, my private vocal teacher, and he was saying, "You're that's that's an intense ordeal," and I mean, people had known that, and I knew that deep down, but hearing it from someone else and someone who was kind of um, not an authority figure over me, but someone who held a little bit more weight, saying that to me and saying, "Hey, this was something really intense he went through, and it's okay." He asked, he said, "Are you okay being back at school?" Is that okay? And I, it was just nice hearing that from someone saying, almost allowing, I know I shouldn't be asking for permission to stay home and take care of myself, but it was almost as if someone allowed me and gave me that permission to take a breath and take a break and realize, yeah, it's okay if I stay home. It's okay if I heal. That was an ordeal. Yeah, I had a needle in my spine like that is intense (laughs) and that is pretty meningitis whether it was or not is intense like whatever I had was intense for me and it is okay if I take a second to get back on my feet and I know it's and he was saying he said I know it's a short program I know you're only here for a year and you want to get the most out of it and you want to get the most out of your money but you also have to take care of yourself especially in a business that is really body centric not but i mean body centric in the way that that is your tool that is your work that is your life and so you really have to take care of that and so i think i think that's good to remember i think it's good to remember that you can take the time and it's hard cuz sometimes sometimes you can't sometimes you can't take more time off of work and you can't do that and you really have to get back into it because unfortunately money sucks and especially if you were in the hospital you know you're about to get a fat bill and that's just, that's really hard. But even so, like, I I was feeling a little bit better, and I wanted to go to a party, and I wanted to be and hang out with friends. And I had to say, no, go home, take time for yourself. It's okay. It's okay if things are taking a little bit longer. It's okay if you can't walk upstairs without being exhausted yet. Like, it's okay, those things will take time. And I, I think I needed that a little bit more in the moment than kind of this retrospective <laughs> thought, but... What can you do? Isn't it always retrospective? You look back and you think, oh, I should have done it this way or that way. And not that I'm getting mad at myself in any capacity, but it is interesting to look back and think, okay, yeah, it is okay if I take time for myself. And once I thought that the less guilt, guilt? <laughs> the last, the, oh, oh boy, the least, the Latin le- mm, there it is, founder, the less guilt I felt missing classes. So the less, the less that weighed on me as well. And I think when that happened, I really was able to start to heal because I wasn't weighing myself or bogging myself down with anxiety and fear and annoy- like annoyance with myself. And I think that really allowed me to cross the threshold back into health. And so, of course, I'm still healing. Of course, it might take a little bit, but that's okay. Okay. And here we are, and we're going forth. And I think that's all for this episode this week. I am starting something new here in London. So you guys know, if you don't know, if you don't know, now you know. But I see my neuromuscular movement physio in Las Vegas, Kumar. He's awesome. Um, But here I don't have him, obviously. And I also don't have Martin, my partner, to help me with his work and exercises I'm kind of free free flying here free falling free flying all of the above in London and so I found uh one of my classmates and friends recommended this other type of technique and body technique to try out and so I did that this weekend and oh boy was it was it wild and so I hope after some time I can talk about that a little bit more. I know I always say that I always give you little teasers of I'm trying something new. And I'll let you know in a couple weeks. But I do I want to take time to actually discover it for myself before I start throwing suggestions at you guys. So that is that for this week. I I have a couple ideas planned for the coming weeks. I also have a couple of interviews I want to do, so look forward to that. Of course, if you have any suggestions, please let me know. You can always reach me at brainfartpodcast at gmail.com, or if you're on social media, I'm on Instagram at brainfartpodcast or Facebook at brainfartpodcast. So reach out, feel free to send in suggestions. I love it. I... I'd love to hear them. Even if you just have your own experience with something or you want to talk about something or get something off your chest, I would love to talk to you about it. Obviously, I am not a doctor or a therapist or anything. I am just a person who's dealt with this and wouldn't mind talking about it. And so keep that in mind. If you want, you can reach me there. Or if you want to just continue listening and just supporting that way, that is awesome. That's all I could ask for. So thank you guys for tuning in this week. Again, I apologize for leaving you hanging last week. But I I, you know, I gave you an opportunity to catch up to catch up on all the episodes. There's a lot of episodes now. So you better start binging if you're not caught up. I guess if you're listening to this, you're caught up. Or I guess if it's the future and you're listening to this, you haven't caught up. Hmm. Time, time is a fickle friend. So I'll leave, I'll leave you with that little note. And I will talk to you guys next week. Have a great whatever time it is, wherever you are, and goodbye.